The competition is internal. It's your ability to say, can I show up better than I was yesterday? And do you have a way of measuring that? Do you have a way of coming to the table and say, I got my own scorecard. I know how I'm doing. I know how I need to raise my game. I'm willing to take the risk. I'm willing to take on the challenge to see what I'm made of. And that's what life to me is all about. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. (laughs) And doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, all of the stuff. (laughs) So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. And I'm E. Joseph Copeland. Welcome everyone. How's everyone doing? I'm just over your intros, (laughs) honestly. Your name is Eddie, period. For now it's Eddie. (laughs) But for most of you who, maybe you don't know me very well. But your name I is have, still Eddie. My name will, don't know my name well. will change over time is what I'm trying to tell the people. OK, a couple years ago, Eddie did this thing where he was like, you know what? I'm a grown man now. I can't be Eddie. I'm not little Eddie. People have to call me Edward. So he started introducing himself as Edward. He started telling his friends and family to call him Edward. And they were like, yeah, nothing OK, wrong Eddie. With that. Okay, Eddie. Yeah, everybody's. You're just mad because I have options. One I'm name, not mad. one name, Janelle. I will I have say multiple names: um, Ed, Eddie, Edward, and lately <laughs> E, E J. You got all this dumb E-C, stuff that you say. Nobody e- calls you any of this. Yeah, my friends call me E C E. What up E? What up E C? Those are names that people <laughs> call me by. You just don't know me by my street names. You only know by oh my like my. Oh my, my god! <laughs> Get out of here! Do you have a what in the world? I do. E. You know, I have a problem when things are not when things that are made to do something break down and don't do it. Okay. Okay. For a good example is when you have. I was pointing out to you all there's signs for stores like Starbucks and Target and all these different places. Like the actual marquee sign. The actual sign marquee sign that's in the parking lot. lot. Mm-hmm. It's big, it's supposed to be beautiful, it's supposed to be bright, it's supposed to say, this is the place you want to be. Mm-hmm. I can't stand when it's all burnt up. Yeah. Like I don't understand. Like Your only job is to build something that is designed to be outside, weather the storm, be in the sun, all those things. You telling me you can't make something that doesn't look all jacked up after a couple years. Well, I think you should clarify just, when you say it looks burnt it, up. I'm just saying like it, it looks like it's, it looks like you... the sun has baked the hell out of it. Okay. And I'm like, I don't understand. Like, make a sign that is designed to withstand the heat. It, we're in California. I can see if we were in the desert. I'm like, everything's gonna burn. Okay. But not in California. I don't know why it upsets me. I don't know why either. <laughs> we just went to have dinner. <laughs> And the marquee sign on the outside, there was an L.A. fitness right next to it. And he goes, that just bothers me. Why can't they use? (laughs) He said, why can't they find a material that won't burn? And I'm like, burn as in like weather from the sun? He goes, yeah. If your only job in life is to sit out there and just take the heat, shouldn't you do your job? Yeah. And And do do these people get a warranty from 
from like the sign company right. that puts it up. Right, because those signs are very expensive. Yeah, it's like, okay, hey, I'm calling you out because we asked for a white sign. We and have now, now a brown yellow, sign. Brown. It's mm-hmm. like yellow, like mustard So then the color. whole way home, you guys, he's like, look, look at a stop sign. Stop <laughs> signs, they're out here doing their job stop, all stop, the time. Stop signs are stop like- Stop signs don't not turn red. Yeah. I was like, okay. He goes, that's the material that they need to use. To build these other signs. Stop so signs are out there. That's like actually my what in the world soldier. too. Is that soldiered up? You're so upset about <laughs> the signs not doing their jobs. Right. I'm just saying. I mean, your street signs. Most street signs they hold up. They're like, hey, we're here to stay, my friend. We will always guide you. <laughs> we are, we are, doing are the our wayfinders job. of your life. And also, then what? What do you think? Because you're so judgy on this topic. Yeah, yeah. What is a reasonable time in which the sign can be out there weathering the storm, as you say, doing its job before it needs to be replaced? Because mm. that sign might have been out there for 20 years. Is that like, hey, you got your money's worth? So I think now after, replace after it? about 10 years, you need to rebrand. Okay. Yeah. But maybe uh, what's that's funny the is problem that is that down the street, Starbucks signs all burnt to a crisp and they've only been there for like three years. Okay. So you're just mad. Yeah. Okay. We're going to put these pictures online. So, so you can put see these people on blast. <laughs> when he says burnt signs, <laughs> what he means. So is it the sign manufacturers that you're upset with? Yeah. And then I'm, I'm upset with like, like the companies not saying, hey, yo, get out here. We need another sign. Yeah, can we I get a sign like- that's designed? That's made out of the stop sign signs. <laughs> they, so those look flawless, right? Oh my god! So we're talking about being a loser today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys checked it out, but on the last episode, we had Eric Bigger from The Bachelorette season thirteen, and Eric was a loser, but also a winner. <laughs> oh god, he was wait. second runner. <laughs> you up. just meet the man, you call him a loser. Not a loser like that. But no. the whole episode today is about like things that maybe didn't go your way. You didn't quite win. And, yeah. you know, Shout what are some Eric. lessons? He was, he was a great, great guest. Yeah, he was great. I, I think you know, we had I had a great tell you, conversation I, even after yeah. the podcast ended. And I was like, I wish we were rolling. A hundred percent. Well, what's funny is like, I'm pretty competitive. And so like, I was like, I, I asked him, I said, weren't you kind of a little upset that you didn't win? Yeah. And he said he, he was said, little, well, he was a little actually, just, I still won. Yeah. But he was saying, he let on that he's a little disappointed. I'm just saying, I'd be so competitive. I'm like, man, I can't believe she chose him. I'm like, so upset. Like, I could not do a show I, like I low-key wanted him to say, yeah, hell yeah, I was mad yeah, I didn't win. I'm like, man. I mean, know. I'm glad it all worked out, but hell yeah, I was mad. Like, I low-key wanted him to be upset. Yeah. I was like setting up booby traps. I was so mad. I wanted him <laughs> to fall, bust his teeth, you know, whatever. You wanted who? Oh, you're <laughs> the, saying I, you yeah, would do that if you were eliminated. Yeah. You're so loser. salty. I'm a sore loser. I think you'd be the one like trying to like make up a fight or something. They'd have to take you out just so you yeah. went out like with a bang. Yeah, it'd be like the the most memorable season ever. You'd be the, be the most the memorable that, loser the, slash the, second runner up. <laughs> the episode where EC goes crazy. Oh my God. <laughs> so this kind of reminds me of like, I taught a class the other day for Bakefest. It's a conference. Uh, we did a virtual class online. And I taught this class and I talked about like marketing and just other opportunities that we've created along the years for the Cake Mamas. And I said, you know, I'm I'm a winner of lots of Food Network shows, but I'm also a loser of lots of Food Network shows. I'm even a winner on Food Network shows that never made it onto Food Network. So that makes me a loser because you never got the airplay. Right. Yeah. But just let you know, when you you were with me, we're 100 percent. No. That's I, the show I'm talking about. We won. We won, but it didn't count because we didn't even get oh, on it, air. It still counts. Well, the only reason, I will just heart. tell you this. Let's tell that story, actually. Yeah. 
that's a great story about losers. It wasn't us. <laughs> Maybe we would tell that story in another. <laughs> yeah. That's a great story, though. Yeah, that's well, how you show long, how to win. Long, long that's, story it, short. That'd be in our champion series when we talk about being a oh champion. Oh, my God. <laughs> long story short, Food Network called and they said, hey, we have a show for you. It's a brand new show. It's called The Bake Sale. And I was like, ah, count me out. I don't like the name of it. Sounds kind of cheap, whatever. And they said, no, no, no. There's going to be a massive event. We're going to bring four bakeries and you're going to come to this event. There's going to be 30,000 people there. We're going to put you side by side and whatever bakery can sell the most wins everybody's pot. And I was like, oh, we won. Like, what is it? Right. And they go, you don't know anything about the show. I said, I don't need to know. If you put us next to three other bakeries, I'm telling you, my husband and I are sales experts. We will take everybody's money and it's going to be a sad day. You're damn right. So they liked that attitude. They liked, you know, that I was kind of bantering with them. And they said, okay, well, why don't you, it's going to be you and maybe your husband, you said, and then one other person. I was like, my baker, perfect, done. So we sent in a quick tape a video kind of showing me, you, and Dana. Mind you, Dana works in the bakery. She's worked for me for almost 10 years. She's our lead baker. She comes up with all the recipes. She's amazing. And so we do this recording, we send it in, and the next day they call and they say, well, the show's kind of changed. Now it's only going to be two of you. And I was like, perfect, me and Dana. And they said, well, the thing is, you know, your husband, big buff black dude, we kind of don't have many of those on Food Network, so we got to pick him over Dana. So sorry, Dana. I was devastated because I had to go and tell Dana, who works in the bakery, who deserved it, that you replaced her. That kind of sucked. That does suck. But she was a really good sport about it, and she wound up coming to the event with us. Anyways, long story short, we get there, and I don't know. That's a great story. Yeah, it's a great story. I mean, it's a story of... Like it was fun because it was something I had no clue what we were doing. Only I was like, I'm only signing up to sell this stuff. Right. right? So you came up with a design, the idea, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Our booth looked amazing. Yeah. We had these bright shirts on. Our booth was just like, it was so amazing, right? Yeah. So before the show even starts recording, you guys, we're setting up and these kids are coming around because it happened to be at a cheer competition. So when you tell me yeah, cheer, I'm thinking cheer bows, bright colors, glitters everywhere. And that's exactly what we showed up with, right? Well, it was funny because this story has so many different layers of learning, yeah. right? And so like the first one was none of the other contestants adapted to the surroundings and the environment. They did not understand the change, assignment. Yeah, they did not. They didn't change their menu. They didn't change mm-hmm. their designs. They came as is. Yep. And I'm telling you. When you're trying to win something, you got to understand the game. You got to understand who you're dealing with. Well, and they that didn't... was the game. The whole game was they read you a script and they said, you know, here's the limited information right. we're giving you. The rest of it is a surprise. All they said was there's 30,000 people that would be in attendance of the U.S. National Cheer Competition 2018, whatever right. it was. Right? right. And I was like, that's all the information I need. Period. 100%. Anybody who loves cheerleading, what do you know about them? One, they have money because uh-huh. cheer is the most expensive sport. Sure enough, we get there. I can't tell you how many guys I saw that said, cheer dad, I'm broke. You know, cheer dad, out of money. Like mm-hmm. th- they were joking about not having any money because right. their kids were in these cheer competitions. So we know that. We know that you have money, but you're going to claim broke. We know that you probably got on a plane and flew your kid to this competition because 30,000 people is a lot. We know that there's going to be tons of kids from little as little as you can start cheering and stunting all the way up to whatever 
the cutoff is. I don't know. Right. Is that NFL cheerleaders? I'm not sure. But if you're a cheerleader, you're going to be at this event. That means all we got to do is show up with a product that you're going to want to buy. Well, the next thing that I think of is, well, I just got to make it look really pretty. Cool. We got to stand out. So I spent my money, which every contestant got $1,500. You could do whatever you wanted with it. You could buy high quality ingredients. You could make freaking... I don't know, a blow up doll. You, you could buy whatever you wanted whatever. to do. I spent it on clear packaging so you could see through and you could see all the bright cupcakes that we brought. I spent it on ribbon because we made massive six inch cheer bows that went on top of the cupcakes like in a box. And so you could see them from a mile away because they were neon colors. I spent money on our shirts, on our booth, on our sign. It just looked amazing. Yeah. And so sure enough, the show is setting up. It hasn't even started. And these kids start freaking out, right? They're honey? like, Mom! Mom, I'm going to get the chair balls. Oh, my God. Did you say the yellow cards? Oh, my God. And I was like, what why are, are you saying? I was like, how is this cheerleader's voice so deep? Is that how they do this? Mom, I have to, I have to have it. It was like Willy Wonka in a chocolate factory on steroids. It was like so this, crazy. This massive line starts to form around our booth, and literally the production had to shut down because they were not even recording yet, and it was so unfair. So at one point, we felt really bad. We started off kind of we? chuckling. Well, I did. Okay, I didn't I was kind of chuckling with you like, oh, they like us. <laughs> and then at some point, I looked and it was mayhem around yeah. our booth. You guys, I'm They're not exaggerating. Lying. There was 75 people around our booth. We hadn't even opened. And the producers are like, we're going to need you to step back. And they're like, my daughter is getting ready to start a cheer competition. I need 20 of those for her whole team right now. I don't care what it costs. They're like throwing money at us. And we're like, we don't take cash. Like we're not even, this is a show. We're not even supposed to help you right now. And they're mad. We're not providing good service to them, right? So it was mayhem. At one point I felt really bad because there was nobody at the other booths. Why? There was like a vegan place that came that had these really neutral colors, like they were soft like, it was pink like earth and, and brown bags. And, and, all kinds and of that stuff. would have been really pretty if we were at a shabby chic baby shower, but we were not. <laughs> we were at the U.S. National Cheer Competition, right? The guy next to us had a bakery, and I don't remember any of these bakery names, so if you're listening, I'm not dissing you. I'm just telling you you didn't understand the assignment, right? So the guy next to us, they were selling these massive donuts, which could have been really cool. Only thing is, when him and his team showed up, they had like USA tracksuits on and looked like they were vending at the Olympics. <laughs> Everything was red, white, and blue. So they took the name of the event and said, oh, make it patriotic. Right. And nobody cared about patriotism that day right? at all. Yeah. Not one person. Nothing clicked to them that the USA just meant that this happens in the United, in the States. United States. Right. I'm That's sure it. the cheer competitions are worldwide, yep. so they got to distinguish it. They thought it was like a pageantry of like yeah. United States flags. Patriotism. patriotism. I don't know. Right. Every there, They had Not, US flags. They had track suits on. I swear to God, if they were at the Olympics, they would have won. We would have lost, right? No. <laughs> so... No. So I don't even remember what the third one was, to be really honest with you. All I know is that by the time they said rolling, we had hundreds of people in our <laughs> line, literally hundreds of people. And, the line, and there was no one in line anywhere else, period. It was so bad. 
that at one point I said, you know what, let's just pour it on. So I walked outside of the booth yeah. and I started catching people walking by. Even though there was a line, I was like, what's your favorite flavor? You like chocolate? I got something exactly for you. And I was like doing samples. And they were like, oh my God, yes, I want that. Oh my I was God, like, get in the line, get in line of 200. Get in line, get in line. I was like, this is- You were this. corralling people. It was quite embarrassing, <laughs> honestly. He wasn't embarrassed. I felt really bad. Yeah, I was the like, let's, let's go. The point of this is- we won. <laughs> the show was supposed to last for four hours. I want to say we sold out in like two hours. But what you didn't tell them is that it was winner take all. Yeah, so, I, I mentioned that. Oh, you did? But go ahead. Yeah. So, so if you win, not only do you get your winnings from the revenue you have, but you get to take everybody else's winnings. Well, let me tell you why I was so pissed. Because we were selling stuff for like $14 a cupcake. Why? Because cheer people have money. Right. So I'm going to sell you the most expensive thing. And it's going to be something you can't live without. Literally the bow on top of the cupcake box. You would have paid $10 for that. Right. So it's like you're paying $10 for a bow and you got a $4 cupcake, right? Or vice versa. And so people were literally like, I need one for my daughter's whole team. I'll take 15 times $14. Okay. So the donut guy was selling the donuts at one point. For like eight dollars, and, and then it he started seemed, dropping the price. Right, but it seemed like if he would have said these donuts are twelve dollars, and then they would have had their stuff together, they could have sold them. Yeah. So the problem was, is by the end of the two hours, the show was supposed to go for four hours, and we sold out of everything. So basically, there was no more show. So then we start kind of telling people, "Hey, why don't you like you know stand out of your booth? Why don't you like we're trying to help them look like they sold something," and. It didn't go so well. So at one point, the guy goes over, he crosses off his $8 sign, takes it down to four. I go, you might want to try like a two for one. Like, don't make it cheaper. So long story short, we wind up winning and we take everyone's money. The only disappointment is that it was mostly our money. Yeah. Well, you know. And so this then is, it didn't air. No, yeah, then it didn't then air. Then it didn't so that, air. That and they said, so sorry. And I go, yeah, because that was a fiasco. Like yeah. we basically blew them out of the water. And I'm not bragging, but this is what we teach. Like the reason why we've shared this story is because we teach this in the marketing module or the identify your ideal client modules. Like who are you speaking to and what problem can you solve for them? So they told us who to speak to. And we just kind of created this whole narrative of what we could sell them. And then we executed, right? Yeah. And so I don't know how this has anything to do with losing, but <laughs> maybe. Well, but the question is, is do you think the people that lost walked away saying, OK, I didn't understand this assignment? Yes. A hundred percent. And do you think that they would show up in their business differently because of that? Yes. And. To me, that is what, you know, losing is all about. Like, if you're going to lose something, you got to be able to take something with mm-hmm. you and say, okay, I took my lickings, I got, I'm bruised and battered, yep. but now I need to find a way to come back stronger. But I tend to think that maybe if one or two of those competitors would probably change that, but the reality is, is most of them are probably not going to. Well, maybe that one was just mad at us. Just mad. I'm just mad. And, you know, they cheated. And I mean, there's no way that any of us could have cheated. We had the same well, exact I think, information. But here's the thing. For people listening, I think what people would happen when there's a loss is that it's very easy to say, oh, it's the surroundings. Yeah. It's the environment. Blame it was it on because, oh, you know, we, we are a vegan bakery and, mm-hmm. and cheerleaders don't, don't know anything about right. vegan or whatever the case may be. But instead of it saying, okay, how do I take this learning? How mm-hmm. do I take this loss and make it a gain? 
I think it's easier to use to, for you to say it was this. You start to point and, you pr and project your frustrations on the loss mm -hmm. on everything around you except for yourself. At one point, I remember this kid coming over and she goes, ah! and I did it with her. And the lady next to me at the booth, she goes, ah! and I like turned around and saw her and I just looked at her in her face. And then I, <laughs> and then I just went back to helping the customers. But I was like, why are you hating on us? Cause you're losing on TV. I'm so sorry, but and so it sounds like I'm being mean and I'm not, but we won. It was a great show. We had a good time. And then they were like, well, since it didn't get, you know, aired, unfortunately, there's no prize money. I was like, yes, yeah, there is. No, yeah, hell, I'm going to yeah. need you to pay me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to need you to pay me. We spent all that time. We took off of work. You know, I left my bakery. It cost me money. I'm going to need you to collect not only my money, but everybody else's money because that was the deal. That was the contract we signed. And so they did eventually pay us, but I really wanted to see the episode. Yeah. But that was like, it was, it was bad. It was, it was super bad. So let's talk about why winning, uh, why losing can sometimes be better. Right. Cause let's don't mistake, make no mistake. We're extremely competitive. Right. I think we've said that many times on this podcast. We play to win. But when we do lose, we do know that like there are so many great lessons that can come from it when you allow it to. And I think it starts there. Like I think about winning and I think about my motivation for winning is for my own self mm -hmm. uh, evaluation of my own potential. Right. I'm obsessed with my own potential and trying to maximize that. It's not so much for me. Like seeing the pain in the in the person that uh, you know I, that is defeated. Oh face. God, no! It's not. There's not a motivation for me to like you know hear the crowd roar. Even though like getting some applause and and that significant feels good, it's not the motivation for me. It's like mm -hmm. it's a self. It's an intrinsic thing. Yeah, right? me too. Can so, I do my best, and will it be better than everyone else's best? Because that's really what it is. Right, and I think that on the flip side of that, I think that losses have to come from a similar place, yeah. right? Because if you win and you want to win because you just want to beat the other person, it's quite easily for you to say you when you lose, you don't necessarily self-evaluate. You, you lose because you feel like the other person did something different. And you may not necessarily congratulate them about being better. Mm -hmm. You just may say to yourself that they had the advantage. Well, right? let's just talk. Are you a sore loser when you lose? I'm very upset. But I'm not a sore loser. Like, I, would you shake someone's hand? Oh, yeah. I would shake someone's hand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think, would they take it as you were upset as you were being a sore loser? Or you, because I know you, you'd be upset with yourself. Right. I would be upset with myself. Me I would too. think about what I left on the table. Mm -hmm. I could have worked harder. Yeah. Like, all those things. I'm trying, I'm searching for, like, what can I do differently next mm -hmm. time? Yeah. Right? So let's start with just, like, we have five quick tips because I think we're all going to, they're all going to bleed in. But the first one is losing humanizes you. Can right. you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Losing really brings you, I think, ground center, right? And I think that when you fall short, and I think about the times that I've fallen short, whether it was losing in sports or not doing well as a husband or a, a father and feel like I was losing something there, it always brings, for me, it brings to a place of the most humble state, mm -hmm. right? It breaks you down. It disturbs you. And I think it makes you realize that you are not what you think you are as far as your image, mm. right? Because I think in your image, you think that, you know, I could do anything. And sometimes you, you definitely want to believe that, but you also want to have a piece of you that says you always have to be improving and you need a loss to remind you that. So sometimes you're saying you need to eat a slice of humble pie. You do. 
You I do. agree. Yeah. Um, number two, it prevents complacency. You can talk about that. Yeah, I think when you win a lot and you are consistently uh, an achiever, I think you would say that you were an achiever, uh-huh. right? You can get to a place where you have this kind of achievers high that like you step into things and you automatically win, mm-hmm. right? And I think that that can breed a sense of complacency because you're not trying to find different ways to stretch yourself. Mm -hmm. What you end up doing is you take on challenges that you know you already have a a sense of an advantage Mm -hmm. and you don't do things that you feel like you may have a weakness in. Can I just say the times where I have stretched myself the most and done the scariest, hardest things, I've always been victorious. Mm. But the times where I was like, okay, we got this, you know, kind of complacent, I've lost. Yeah, and that's, so that's kind of exactly what you're saying. <laughs> like I can vividly remember that those losses more than anything piss me off. And yeah. then I don't complain about them. I'm not angry about it. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, but it also comes down to like if you get to a place where you're always achieving, then you don't take on things that you possibly may lose yeah. or the odds are stacked against you, Yeah, right? And I think I probably have fallen into that. Like I'm not going to take on that challenge because – I don't know if I can win. Mm-hmm. And right now, like I'm in this state of mind where I need to win. Mm. And well, I always say, like, I don't make bets. Like when people say, I bet you 20 bucks. I'm like, nope. I only bet when I'm 100% certain because then I'm certain I will take your money. So you should not bet with me. <laughs> right? I never yeah. bet unless I'm 100% positive. Right, right. Nope. You're not going to bet me. <laughs> nope. Because I'm going to go ahead and tell you if I have 5% doubt, I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, let's shake on it. No, right, right. I'm going to take your money, though. So if I bet you ever, then you should know that you're going to lose. Yeah, this is like <laughs> why I don't gamble, because I feel like I don't have zero, I have zero control over winning or not. OK, so number three, you put gives you perspective that winning can't. So obviously it's humbling again. But you said when you win a lot, you don't know what things won't work. Yeah. And I think the perspective of losing, it shifts. And, and so. When you lose something, if you are approaching it the right way, you do definitely do some soul searching and you take on different perspectives, hopefully, so that when you approach that challenge again, you can see it differently. And maybe you take on a a different journey to approaching it to give you an opportunity to win. But I do think it shapes and, and moves your perspective because like, you see a lot of artists have amazing albums, right? And they, they're winning. And then they try to put out something that they think people like they think they have the the recipe of success because mm-hmm. they've seen it already. Mm-hmm. And that that album crumbles and falls. Right. Well, I don't know. I feel like that's a different kind. if I'm an artist because you see artists all the time say like, mm, I'm going to do my thing. I don't care whether it sells or not, but this is the music I want to create. But I think is that, that considered losing? No, I think that that's that's a challenge and a stretch. Yeah. And sometimes you do lose from a standpoint of what is considered success or what is the collective agreement of success in the music industry, right? So I'd say that is a perfect example of this podcast is like you lose when it comes to like what you're being measured against, but you actually gain a lot of independence. You gain the ability to be an artist and put out the body of work that you believed in. And it doesn't matter if people don't like it. Yeah, and I, but I also think that there's a perspective in that where you have to challenge yourself and saying. How do I stay as close to my authentic self and make something that I think people in general will enjoy? Mm-hmm. And I think that that is where we see these artists that kind of really get into the stratosphere of the greatest of all time yeah. is because they're able to make something that is real and, and authentic to them 
but it also appeals to the masses. That's a difficult thing to do, yeah. right? Instead of trying to make these things that you know, oh, if I make this hook, people are going to like it no matter what. Yeah. I think that my number four is when you lose, it definitely gives you drive and purpose. Mm. So it gives you drive and purpose, meaning like when I've lost, I get to focus and self-reflect and really kind of look in the mirror and re-examine and like pick apart all of the things that I probably wouldn't do if I won. Mm. Right. And so then it gets me to be on the track of really focusing on like, well, where did I take my eyes off the prize? Like, where was I not really focused? And usually for me, when I do lose, it's because I didn't give max effort. Mm. And so it brings me back to that whole like, did you really want this? Like, what was the purpose of winning? And why didn't you dedicate, you know, the time or effort or energy or focus that was required for this? And so I wind up doing really deep soul searching when I lose. Yeah, it's funny when you said that, I thought when you lose, it helps you with drive and purpose because I thought about it from the standpoint of like, you see the cost of losing, right? And so if, yes. you, if you're if you taking on something and it doesn't work out, you, whether it be a, vent, a business or a promotion, and then all of a sudden you don't get it, the reality of what it costs of not achieving it, whether it be now you, you're not getting that extra bonus or now you've just lost all the yeah. money that people have invested in you and you see what it means. And so when you step back up, because hopefully you do, well, like I you, guess you have a different way of approaching it. So you're looking like, at this from a place of sports. So, yes, it would reignite you <laughs> and you'd get back in and the next game you'd go back. I'm looking at this as a place of like cupcake wars or cake wars no, but where you don't necessarily go back. Right. But it's uh, reigniting like. It's reminding me, like, what is your drive? What is your purpose? What are you trying to do? And also, the next time that you find yourself in a competitive field, then you got to turn on the drive and focus so and the purpose. And so I think it all is kind of related, but it's just funny because your competition in your mind is mm -hmm. like sports. So that means you got another game, like, next week. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I've got minimal opportunities or limited opportunities to, like, get on TV to show everybody that I'm the best and blah, blah, blah. And so it's like it reignites every time. And I'm speaking specifically about like losing on Cake Wars. We lost on Cake Wars and I was like, we were off. Like our communication was off. Like I knew exactly why we lost. Well, right? that's what I was going to ask you. Timing was off. Like, And so for me, it's like, OK, that's the drive that I needed to kind of get refocused. It was a reminder like we weren't running on all cylinders. So I'm really good after a loss at saying I can bullet point 25 things that cost us this win. Yeah. So that's what I was going to ask you, because you said when you lose, it's usually because of a lack of effort. Do you feel like that is it's you're, like, you're off somehow that, okay. for me? I've been off somehow, like the last time Sabrina and I were on Cake Wars and we lost and it was like by a hair. But it was just like, OK, well, we weren't really efficient. We, we mm. saw our blind spots. And I guess that's the big point for me is like the times I have lost. I could like I said, I could bullet point all of the things so that next time I go back, like you better believe Monday when I went back to the bakery, I was like, we got to go faster on that. Right. We got to act like we're on TV <laughs> all the time. So you take a loss like that and you. And you it ignites and you, my drive. But it also what you said, what I heard is also it. You can take that loss and that energy and direct it into something totally different. Oh, yeah. Right. And I think that that's a remarkable thing because most people can say that a loss can be debilitating and maybe they they come back from it. But that effort and that drive is 
back at that same, you know, challenge, right? <laughs> You're saying I can take that loss and I can say, I'm going to take that loss and that energy. And I'm going to direct it right into something else. Oh, and I'm going to slay. Okay. Oh yeah. That's powerful. Right. And I hope people capture that. Like if you have that ability to move that around to something that matters in the next for you, mm -hmm. then you're going to position yourself to win more consistently than not. What comes to mind, like going back to your sports and stuff, like when you've lost or you've even applied for positions that right. you thought you were really excited about, wanted to get, didn't get, got rejected. What goes through your mind, like your immediate thought? I mean, because I could tell you mine. Yeah, my immediate thought is, there's something I'm missing. Mm -hmm. There's something I need to work on. And then I, I immediately run, I would say I would run the tape. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by run the tape is I would run that interview. I would run my last six months. I would run like- So you do the same thing I do, bullet points of everything that we fell short on. Right, I, yeah, and I do that. But, but and I think what's interesting is we use different language. Like mm -hmm. you think about what's missing and I think about what I need to do. Right. Right, and so those different approaches like are different. But I think for most people, like it depends on who you are. Like for mm -hmm. me, I'm like, okay, I need to start doing this now. I need to start doing this now. And I'm running the tape. And so mine is more of like, oh, I should have focused on this. I should have did this. And I think what I hear from you is I didn't do this. I didn't do that. Mm -hmm. right? I can pinpoint exactly where I messed up. Right, right. And it's, I mean, I wouldn't say that I beat myself up, but oh, it definitely you your, hurts. You, you beat yourself up. Well, I there, watch it. <laughs> there are certain times, yeah. you know, especially when I know that it was something I caused. I'm upset right. about that. But, but you are interesting on the process though, is that you're really hard on yourself on the process of success. Every time I'm hard on my process of success leading up to something, I kill it every time. <laughs> but it's really when stressful. I'm not stressed out leading up to the process. And when I say stressed out, I mean that lightly, but I'm like, I'll pick things apart. This isn't good enough. I, you know, I'll stay up until 3 a.m. and I'll just keep going and going until I feel good about the body of work, right? right? And you're like, honey, it's gonna be fine. It's always fine, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I know, but I have to do this. Like mm -hmm. I have to show up. When I don't obsess over it, those are the times I lose. Do you, <laughs> I'm telling you, I know what they are. And so when yeah. I go back and I say, well, yeah, it's because I didn't do this. I lost my drive. And so I'll tell myself, you lost your drive. You lost your energy. Like, get it back. So I guess I'm self-motivating myself. But do you think it's it's about the obsession or lack thereof? Or is it more strategic of like, okay, I should have focused on this instead of this? Because It's it a like bit it, of both. Okay. Yeah, I mean... I see that. Well, I see my that. question, I mean, that was a great kind of follow up and yeah. answer. Your answer is great. But <laughs> I guess like, let me set the stage for you. Yeah. So if we were at that, you know, show yeah. and we sat there and we were at the booth and no one was in front and of us. nobody was in front of our booth and we watched this other, you know, couple high fiving and the whole line. What would you think in that moment? And then they get awarded and then they take your money. What are you thinking towards them? Towards them? Yeah. Uh, nothing. Really? Nothing. You turn it off. I'm not thinking about them at all. I'm thinking about, okay, what could we have done? Uh, we should have did this. Okay, next time we do this. Like I'm constantly thinking about what should have happened. And I and I don't think about the competitor. Like in, in, even, thing, even when I in, was in sports, mm -hmm. I, didn't, I never thought about them. I thought about what we mm -hmm. didn't, like what we should have did differently. Well, in that moment, I think when I lose, I'm like, this will never happen again. <laughs> never. This will never happen right. again. Like, I hate the way that it feels. 
no, not going to happen ever again. So I think if I was forced to like watch and congratulate, I'd put a fake smile on my face. Again, not because I'm being a hater. I'm being upset with myself for not showing up and not winning right. and not completing the mission, right? But I'm thinking, mm, you better love it right now because this is never going to happen again. Yeah. I think that that is okay. And, I, and I, one of the things I would say is, is being competitive, people have th thoughts about that, right? Mm -hmm. They Sometimes you look at it as it being negative. And I think that it can be. If you're negative in, in your approach to competition where you do anything, cheat still. That's terrible. That's terrible. Or put people down, it's terrible. Mm -hmm. But I do think that as a, there is a natural human instinct to want to be victorious and win. Of right? course. And You're I think in a competition. And I think you have to lean into that. And I think people that shy away from it, I get it. But I also think that you're missing it. And it may be primitive, but that's okay. Yeah. But I do think that you need to lean into it. And I also think that when you lose, you got to like lose like a champion and mm -hmm. say, okay, I lost. Suck it up. Yeah. You know, high five. Tell shake someone. Shake their hand. You know, shake their hand. Or if it's life, you thank life for saying, okay, what is my lesson here? Mm -hmm. But I do think that what happens is when we lose, we get so emotionally involved in the loss. Yeah. And then what ends up happening is because we're so frustrated, we're so mad, we close off our, our vision and our, and our sight of what actually happened and what transpired there. Yeah. And then all we can think about is the external factors that played a part in our disadvantages and why we didn't win. And before you know it, you, you have not been able to receive what that loss has to offer. And that's horrible. Well, yeah. So I think we're talking about the difference in like losing gracefully, taking responsibility right. and then losing and blaming and playing the victim card. Right. And right. not all competitions are set up fairly. I understand that. But I just tell you, we've interviewed hundreds of people to work for, whether it was Best Buy, Circuit City, the bakery, whatever. We've interviewed thousands of people, I'm sure, that didn't get the job. Yeah. And I always think, I wonder how they go home. I wonder if they go home and say, oh, I didn't like the questions she asked or, oh, that was a trick question. Or, oh, like I wonder if they go home and they're upset or if they go home and say, I wasn't prepared for that. Like, Because every interview that I have left that I know I didn't kill it in, I was like, that was rough. Like that was me not showing up in a way that I should have. Do and you I feel the same? A hundred percent. Because I think it's a waste of time. Well, like I think because here's the thing. But if it's you, two different people, though. But I, but I, but let me just say this. I think that when you when you don't get the role, when you don't something doesn't work out, and if you don't self reflect on how you can show up different, no matter what, what even if it wasn't fair, even if the odds were against you, even if you were in a situation where so it was biased, whatever, it doesn't change the outcome. No. Right. You don't you, get a trophy. You never change the outcome by pointing a finger and saying, this wasn't right. This wasn't right. This wasn't right. You know, it was unfair. You asked me this question. That's not going to say someone yeah. go, oh, they're not going to go, oh, you're right. Let's yeah. change our mind. Like, so you've got to find a way to say, okay, how do I take this no matter what, even if it's painful and I got to grip my teeth, how can I take something from this and, and move forward? But I do think it's a waste of time. I think people like stay salty and for so long and it's a waste of time. Well, let me tell you something I'm still salty about. Okay. In the seventh grade, I ran for secretary. Oh, I remember this story. And I ran for secretary. <laughs> I put posters up, all ballot. this stuff. Had all my friends, you know, help me with all the stuff. And everyone all day, all week was like, oh my God, I'm going to vote for you. Blah, blah, blah. So I felt like I have a really good chance of winning this, like in right. school. And then we get the ballots. They get passed out in homeroom. Everybody votes. And it's like, you know, president, one and two right here. 
Uh, number two category, vice president, right? And it goes down. I swear to God, you guys, the last thing says secretary, and it's three options, not four. My name is the fourth option, and it's on the freaking backside of the page. Literally, I go to vote for myself. I couldn't even find it. And so I flipped over and I'm like low key panicking and I'm like, it's on the back, you guys. Like, <laughs> And I swear to God, I was devastated. So I left homeroom and I was like, I think I'm going to lose. Yeah. And I asked everyone like, oh, my God. And, and people were coming up to me. I thought you were running for secretary. And I was like, I was, but it was on the back. And I will say I, d- I got done dirty. Yeah. Like that was nobody else was on the back except Janelle Copeland. Yeah. My name starts with a C. I should have been the first one listed. Either way, though, that would have been bad because whoever else would have been on the backside. The point is, is like, that's the point of like, that was unfair, but I'm not going to cry about like, I can't. I feel like that made you who you are today. Like, absolutely. You are not going to be on the backside. Watch what happens. (laughs) I will make something of my life. Damn it. So to all of you that were in the seventh grade with me when I didn't win, maybe that was eighth grade. I don't know. I was so upset about that. And I'm not, I'm kidding. I'm not still salty about it, but that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes, right? And so that's what we've tried to teach (laughs) our kids. Hey, shit's not always going to be fair. And sometimes shit's just going to suck. And it just is. And you're not going to win everything. And I'm sorry. So for me, the last thing I'll leave you with number five is you got to learn that it's not all about the win. Mm. It's just not, right? And this Tennis star, Arthur Ashe. I'm not sure who that is, but I Arthur saw this Ashe. quote. He's a, he's a... I'm not into tennis, but I saw this quote and it was really good. You've got to get to a stage in life where going for it is way more important than winning or losing. Yeah, I agree So with that. go for it. That's more important. And then the last thing I'll say is that every time you show up to compete, every time you show up to do your best, win or lose, you got to focus really on what you're becoming in the process. And those are the times I get really rewarded is if I'm like, okay, I'm becoming someone who's really focused. I'm becoming someone who's great at this craft. I'm becoming someone who's well-prepared, well-organized, well-whatever-it-is in preparation leading up to this thing. That's when I think the payoff is there. So who will you become in the process of the training, of the preparing? And I think that those things can be magical if you find yourself in a competition. And let's be real, like life is a big competition, right? You're not going to win every day. Sometimes you wake up and I say this thing like, oh, God, I'm so glad you woke up today, honey. And then if I talk to friends and family for a few hours, I'm like, you know what? Thank you, God. God woke up everybody I love today. That's great. And I'm thankful. But one day that's not going to be the same. That's not going to be true. Like my grandmother one day will die. You know, like we will all die one day and that will be a loss that day. Yeah. And I can be sad about it. You're absolutely right. And I think the ultimate competition is a competition within yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that 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 is the thing that changes your life and your perspective. If the competition, it's just like when we talk about comparison, it's you you got your eyes on someone else's lane. And the reality is, is that you can't show up your best if you're looking at the competition too long, right? You need to know what you're up against. But at the same time, the competition is internal. It's your ability to say, can I show up better than I was yesterday? And do you have a way of measuring that? Do you have a way of coming to the table and say, I got my own scorecard. I know how I'm doing. I know how I need to raise my game. I'm willing to take the risk. I'm willing to take on the challenge to see what I'm made of. And that's what life to me is all about. It's like, 
can you see what you're made of before this is over? And yeah. if you can, and you get the opportunity to, to at least see yourself reach the highest things that you've ever fathomed, then I think that you're going to be in a good place. And I think you're going to be fulfilled in life. I agree. And, you know, we talk about winning and losing. I think it we've given lots of game kind of analogies. Gamify it. And we've been talking about a lot of different games. I'm using air quotes of life, right? The game of money, like knowing how to play right. the game of money. And so if you're interested in understanding the game of money when it comes to your business finances, it's a little segue, so hard turn right. On uh, Monday, June 20th, we're going to be hosting a workshop and it's about funding your dream. So raising the capital to fund a business of, you know, whether it's a bakery or anything you're trying to do, we're going to talk to you about funding your dream and securing finances for that. So if you're interested in learning the game of that so you don't lose when it comes to getting a loan or generating revenue in your business, please head over to JanelleCopeland.com and we hope to see you there. I hope this episode served you. If you're finding yourself competing, maybe you're finding yourself on the losing streak lately. Yeah. And I'm sorry, maybe you're crying today. Maybe this episode cheered you up. Either way, find one of these tips, pull yourself up and get yourself back in the game because that's really the and game if, of life. Yeah, but if, and if you are on a losing streak, keep shooting, keep going at it, keep taking action and you'll turn it around. Yep, because you'll miss 100% of the shots you never take. So there you go. please get your head back in the game and we will see you guys in the next podcast. And Bye. push through. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review. You leave your handle and until next time push through